almost feel like we wait until we're like not drunk but we we wait until we are at the point where we are just belching up a storm and then like well i guess it's time to record now isn't it let's do that all right i'm ready wait hold on a second hold on i've got 50 belches (laughs) and they're all coming out in the show and they're all tiny but i need a long string of them like they're the bit 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 burps (laughs) not like the And I like, like that. Little. It's just like a stutter burp. Like a bit, stu- bit, 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 burp. <laughs> we just porky pig our burps. <laughs> but no one hears is the porky pig burps that we have the whole fucking episode. Oh. Is that what we should end every show with now is a porky pig burp? Burp, 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 burp. Bye bye. <laughs> if we can remember to, yes. A hundred percent. All right, we'll have to remember that after an hour or so. We could do that. No, we can't. We'll, we'll never remember we're anything. We're going to forget. It's fine. It's because we wait till we're nicely lubricated and then we record. It's a good idea. It's not a good idea. Not a good idea. No. Anyway, welcome to Rock Candy. <laughs> Hi. Your podcast bringing you sweet treats from the world of music. And this week we have an unknown pleasure of a treat, I would say. Relatively unknown. I mean, I don't know shit. This is a total like blank slate for me. Yeah, it's a uh, pretty common, uh, not common, but a well, relatively well known story in the world of arena metal, I Ooh. suppose. Ariana um, Mella. Ariana <laughs> Metal. <laughs> what? Ariana. Arena. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a lady's name. <laughs> Ariana Mello, Metal. Ar- Ariana Metal. <laughs> Ariana Metal. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Ariana Metal tonight. Oh my god, that's a great name. If I ever go solo. Oh man, somebody needs to do that. Please and call then, yourself Ariana Metal. And then like five years after your big break, everyone's like, wait a second. She's been tricking us this whole time. Her name's Arena Metal. My Son God. of a bitch. Metal does it again. <laughs> Foiled. Ah. Foiled by metal once again. Get it? Foiled by metal? Uh, ah, get ha, the ha. fuck out of here. All right. Thanks to you, folks. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> but no. So today we're talking about Anvil. 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 And kind of a underdog story oh i love me an underdog story yeah they're they're super underdogs <laughs> and they deserve so much more <laughs> well we're gonna give them more we're your hosts i'm maggie i'm ashley we did it all again yeah yes yeah, so you have yeah. you have brought to the table a story that i know you've told me to watch the documentary yeah and i haven't i think a lot of why people even know who Anvil is is because in 2008 a documentary called Anvil the story of Anvil <laughs> came very out apt. very <laughs> aptly named and everyone watched it and kind of fell in love with these guys and they deserved it they kind of had a career restart after that which yeah. was nice no I do remember a night when we were out drinking and you told me all about Anvil Unfortunately, we were out drinking, so I forgot <laughs> everything you told me. Yeah. Except I remember something about a janitor. A janitor? <laughs> kind of, but not really. Oh. Janitor adjacent. Oh, janitor adjacent. Yeah, it's spicy. Yeah. Oh. Very exciting. 
And speaking of spicy, uh, these aren't somatic beers, but we want to tell you about the beers we're drinking tonight. Cause... I mean, the one I'm drinking is a little spice. It's nice. Spice is nice. There's actually no spice in this, which is surprising. I'm drinking from Ghost Brewing Company, Afterlife Kentucky Common. It's a uh, common brewed style with chocolate and cherries. I don't know what common brewed is, though. I don't either. I think they made that up. They might have, but it's really fucking... I like it. And It's also, smoother than I thought it would be. And also, if anybody comes out and says, you should do a ghost episode with that beer, I will punch you in the face personally. She will. She fucking hates ghosts. I, hate I have them. no opinion. I really have never heard their his there. Is it a band or just a guy? It's a band. Okay. I've never heard their music really. You I would, heard they put on good shows. You would get confused because he's trying to pull off. He's trying to rip off King Diamond. Oh, no, honey. No. Yeah. But this can is really cool. I like the can. The can's real cool. I mean, it appeals to my goth sensibilities. Right. It's full of celestial shit. And a planchette. So and like that's cool shit. and shit and, then and, a, what's, and a planned shit and a planned <laughs> shit and what's the other one we're drinking the tart um one? so this is from Three Heads Brewing which is in Western New York Three Heads are better than one I don't I don't know if that's true oh yeah they're from Rochester Rochester um, <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce this because it's a Flemish red ale but I am assuming it's Baird Tovenair Baird Tovenar I mean, you're you're pronouncing it phonetically, so it counts. Sure. There's a lot of, like... Letters and melded consonants. Cons- melded vowels in this. Yeah. But it's delicious because Flemish reds are fantastic. And it's like almost like a sour. Yeah, that's why I like them. Mm. Spicy I like sour. Yes. Spicy sour. I'm into it. It's really tasty. So yeah, if you guys see these beers, highly suggest picking them up if you see them. Get them. Get them while they're hot. And act, I, no, actually, get them while they're cold. You want cold beer. Do not drink hot <laughs> oh, beer. Hot, oh, gross. <laughs> well, do you want to learn about this lovely band called Anvil? Yeah, let's fucking do it. So we all know the big four. Oh, yeah. Metallica, Megadeth, yeah, yeah. Slayer, and Anthrax. Yeah, yeah. The kings of thrash. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> if that's, you say so. That's what we're going with. That's what they tell us. But what if I told you the big four should have been the big five? <gasps> five? Who's the fifth? Dun, dun, dun. More than likely, unless you're a big old school metal fan, you haven't heard of Anvil. Yep. That's because this band, which was poised to lead the thrash metal explosion, were unceremoniously shoved out the door as soon as they were ushered in. Oh. Almost every article you read on Anvil calls them a real-life spinal tap. I can see the similarities. Anvil didn't have a drummer that died in an an unfortunate gardening accident, but they did have a revolving door of bassists. But a lot of bands have a revolving door of bassists. As we've come to learn in, oh, the three years-ish we've been doing this. Yeah. 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 Bassists and drummers, honestly, are hard to find. Apparently, but they're all over the place. Everywhere and nowhere, all at the same time. They're so mysterious. Ghost. Ghost beer. (laughs) (laughs) But also, the drummer ironically has the same name as the movie's director. What? 
Rob Reiner. Oh my god, that is weird. Isn't it? Is it Rob Reiner? It's it's not. Very different people. Oh. <laughs> Very different. More importantly, Anvil was a grassroots band started by two schoolmates who worked hard to get a band going. And just as superstardom was looking them in the face, it just kind of disappeared. Fuck you, stardom. But let's start at the beginning. Okay. The seeds of Anvil were sowed back in 1969 when 14-year-old Canadian kiddos Steve Lips Cudlow and Rob Reiner became friends. Like, I just want you to know, I'm picturing a child with giant lips and Rob Reiner hanging out. (laughs) Just so you know. Just a giant pair of fake wax lips with legs? Yes. Or kind of like uh, the the character from Ah Real Monsters? No, I just, just giant lips with legs. Just giant lips with legs. Like the Rolling Stone symbol with legs. This is fantastic. I like hanging out with Rob Reiner. I like this fan fiction that's happening right now. This is, I'd like to think it's one of the weirder fan fictions <laughs> anyone's ever come up with. It's very niche. It is. It's a very niche market that this will appeal to. <laughs> I'm into it. Right? We're here I for it. I am the niche. <laughs> it's just us. We're the niche. <laughs> We are the niche. We should start a band called The Niche. And then we can say, we We are are the niche. niche. They became friends out of a mutual love of music, despite their personality differences. Well, one's a pair of lips and one's Rob Reiner, (laughs) so I mean, wacky. The most unlikely of friendships here. (laughs) If this isn't a Disney plot line, I don't know what is. Disney, you can use it, but you better credit us. (laughs) We deserve that money. We do. We worked hard on this. This is like a great Disney Plus thing. Yeah, right? You guys are hurting for content, right? Right? Are they? No. Apple TV is. Oh, yeah. Apple TV. Apple TV, guys. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Even to this day, it's obvious that Lips is the loud, jovial fool, while Rob prefers to be a wallflower, quiet and unsmiling. But opposites do attract, and 40 years on, these two are still best friends and collaborators. Aww. Steve Cudlow wasn't always called lips, believe it or not. No way! He wasn't just a pair of lips that slid out of his mom's vagina or anything. Vagina? Vagina. Vagina. (laughs) He was born on March 2nd, 1956, and grew up in a Jewish neighborhood in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. He had three siblings, older brother Jeffrey, older sister Rhonda, and younger brother Gary. Pisces, I feel that kid. Super Pisces. Super Pisces. Yeah. Man, if you watch the documentary, you're like, wow, he is like Pisces with his personality on his sleeve. I would just watch it and be like, I feel seen. (laughs) (laughs) His parents were Polish immigrants that wanted the best for their children. Dad Maxwell owned a tailoring shop in the city and mom Toby was a a typical 1950s housewife. They expected their children to grow up and do great things. And for the most part, they did. Rhonda eventually owned her own business, and Jem- Jeffrey became a doctor. So you could kind of see how they'd be less than thrilled when little Stevie took a strong interest in rock music. It's like, Mom, Dad, guess what I'm going to do? Like, no, you're fucking not. I'm going to be just like Elvis. Fuck you. <laughs> also, for, you know what? Pro- Elvis is problematic. All yeah. right. First of all. <laughs> Let's start there. <laughs> oh. Toby did not want Lips playing music, period, and neither did his dad, but it was his dad that kind of got him started in it. Another businessman that owned a jewelry-slash-music store a couple doors down came into the tailor shop one day, hoping to make a trade. 
If Lips's dad gave him a deal on a suit, he'd give him a brand new electric guitar in return. Oh, shit. And so Lips ended up with a brand new guitar at age nine. He didn't know how to play or how to read notes, and he didn't even have an amplifier. Luckily, his older brother was an electronics whiz and rigged the guitar up to their stereo system. He also taught Young Lips the chords, and eventually they were playing songs from the Beatles' Rubber Soul. Oh, that's awesome! And sounds adorable, because I think his brother was like 12 years older than him. Yeah, that's really sweet. So like... Yo, this is some Stranger Things shit. Yeah, this is some Steve... And uh, Dustin, Dustin, but I was stuff. I was thinking actually more like Jonathan and uh, Will, but yeah, it's Steve, yeah. Stephen Dustin too. I like Stephen Dustin better as a older Aww. brother. Yeah, brother okay, duo. you're right, you're right. They both kind of need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need each they other. They need each other. Oh. And speaking of needing each other, we need you to listen to these advertisements. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. We'll be right back. Hey, listeners, how you doing? <laughs> But how you doing? But how you doing? No, seriously, how are you doing? Are you okay? Do you need anything? Things good in the bedroom? You can be honest with us. No, honestly, you can, because like we've all been there. Yeah. Sometimes shit is rough. Or sometimes you just wanna like get real freaky with yourself. Or with someone else. Or and with multiple people. That's with, rad. And you right now can treat yourself on Adam and Eve. Dot com. What? Yeah. Tell me more. We have special things for you. What? You can go to the Adam and Eve website and you can get free stuff to spice up your bedroom. Ooh. Even if we get stuff, we use it once and we're like, oh no, that wasn't right. But that's okay because we have the deal of a lifetime. So you can try all that weird shit out. Yep. So you can... Walk your cute little butt on over to adamandeve.com mm-hmm. and grab yourself almost any one item for 50% off. Yo, that's cheap. But that's not all. Adam and Eve will load up on the free stuff. Yeah, <laughs> load. <laughs> Just use code CANDYPOD. That is C-A-N-D-Y-P-O-D. Not the band. No, but you will feel so alive you will. with this deal. When you use Candy Pod. At checkout, you get some special gifts. Mm-hmm. Maybe one for him. Mm-hmm. Maybe one for her. Mm-hmm. Maybe one for them. Yeah. Plus, you get six free movies. Oh, my God. Movies? Movies. And they're free. Plus, you get that sweet free shipping. Oh, my God. Sweet, sweet free shipping. Because that shipping can be so expensive. No, it's And you don't can. want that. All right. Are you convinced? I'm pretty much convinced. Let's do this. Go to checkout at adamandeve.com. Use our special code, CandyPod, and you get all them free gifts and that free shipping. So go to adamandeve.com and put candy in your pod. No, don't. That's not where that goes. Nope. But do it. But I mean, but like, just get the free stuff. Yeah. And we're back. Hey. On with our story. It took a lot of hard work, but with the encouragement of his brother, Lips eventually got good enough to start writing his own songs. Shit. And his brother was really supportive. Aww. He would show him a song and his brother would be like, no, that's cool. You're really good. Like, keep doing it. They are Stephen Dustin. You're right. They really are. Aww. It's adorable. And now he's got the music bug and he wants to start a band. Yeah, I mean, logical next step. Soon enough, he meets Rob. Lips would often walk by Rob's house, stopping to marvel at the tight-ass drumming coming from the upper left window of the house. It was Rob playing, 
Jamming out to bands Lips also liked, like Cactus and Grand, Grand Funk Railroad. Cactus? I have never heard of Cactus. I don't know who that is. I want to hear Cactus now. I guess we're going to have to find out what Cactus is. All right. Rob's relationship with music started very differently than Lips's. 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 Whereas Lips's parents weren't too happy about his musical ambitions, Rob's parents fostered them. Aniko and Billy Reiner wanted their son and their daughter Andrea to have the childhoods that they didn't have. Billy was imprisoned at Auschwitz when he was 15 years old. Ooh, yeah. Oh no. Heavy shit. He managed to survive doing anything he possibly could to live just one more day. Oh my god. And Billy's own father died at Auschwitz 2 days before they were liberated. Oh. After he was freed, he vowed to make a much better life for himself and his family. He moved to Canada, became a jeweler, and encouraged his kids to chase their passions. Okay, good. And Rob's passion, of course, was the drums. Billy and Aniko were overjoyed that he found something he loved, and Billy even crafted a pair of tiny drumsticks on a necklace for his son, and Rob has never taken them off since. Stop. That's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Adorable. And if you if you watch the documentary, having it come having something that sentimental come from Rob is kind of weird because he doesn't smile. He's right. like even tempered, never raises his voice. He's just constantly constant. Constantly constant. <laughs> That's like the only way I can describe his personality. I like, love that though. He doesn't come off like mean no or bitchy or anything he's like just he's a nice dude he's always he's just always yeah. here he is even keeled all right things got serious for lips and rob in 1973 when the two were about 18 years old and itching to be out of high school they didn't actually decide to start a band together however it was a mutual friend and biology classmate that told lips he was starting a band and he's recruiting this sick-ass drummer that lives down the street. <laughs> Lips was on board, and it turned out the drummer was his friend Rob. Oh. Wait, they were friends at this point. They were already friends. They had oh, been okay. friends for years, and they had been, like, in and out of bands for a few years. But, like, this time around, this mutual friend was like, oh, hey, I'm going to start a band with this guy. You should come along. And it's like, I already know this guy. I already know him. Rob's real cool. Friends. Yeah. I just would have loved it if it was... Like, they weren't friends yet. It's like, you're in a band with your friend crush. Because, like, you get those friend <laughs> crushes. Like, I really want to be friends with them. How do I be friends with them? And you're not really sure how to do it. So, uh, you're just like, I really want to be their friend. But I don't know how to, like, do that. How do I, how do how I do approach I, them? How do I I'm make so them friends with me? Oh. And then it just turns out, like, oh, no, you guys are just friends. There you go. You did it. <laughs> it's like, wait, we're already friends. Cool. Sweet. They pulled it off. <laughs> and then you'd feel that much cooler because you're friends with this person now. You're friends with that sick-ass drama. They hunkered down and quit school, devoting all their time to the band. Wait, they were 18 and quit school? Like, you had a year left, my dudes. I don't know if they quit high school or if they quit college. Oh, okay, that's legit. Quit that wasn't college. entirely clear. It's just Toby's... Or Toby. um, Yeah, Toby... Lips's mom was like, she just quit school. He didn't want to go to school anymore. And I was like, okay, but what school? <laughs> right? Like college? <laughs> but high which school? one? Like, technically both. Yeah. 
Honestly, probably both. Probably both. But also, college is a ripoff, so don't go. Yeah, go to trade school. Yeah, fuck college. (laughs) Taking inspiration from their favorite heavy metal outfits like ACDC and Judas Priest, they decided to go in the heavy metal direction. But they weren't going to play just regular old metal. They realized they were really good at playing with different tempos, Hmm. accelerating the songs up to speeds they hadn't heard before. They were essentially playing speed metal or thrash metal at the same time the big four over in California and New York were. Oh, yeah. Because what is this? Well, at this point, what is this, like the 70s? Uh, Late 70s. Okay. Early 80s. I mean, I would argue they're probably even before, maybe not before, but like. Around the same time. It was like Metallica, before Megadeth for sure. Um, And then like, I would argue maybe a little before Metallica. Yeah. I don't know enough about Anthrax and Slayer to say for those guys, but yeah, I guess probably around the same time, if not maybe a scooch before. But also at the same time, like, they probably hadn't heard those bands before. Right. I mean, they were all up and coming, so none of them had heard each other. Right. This was all happening at the same time in three different places. Yeah. And but they all have the same influences, like ACDC, Judas Priest, Motorhead. Yep. You know, all these bands that are experimenting with hard and fast, but they're not thrash yet. Right. So technically, they were just speed metal at this point. Okay. I don't think even speed metal was really a category. Right? They're just like, this is metal, but it's really fast. It's just fast. I wonder what we should call this. Let's mull on this for a couple of years. I'll think of it. Fast metal just doesn't have a good ringtone to it. I'll think of it. We'll get there. Hmm. One of their first songs called Lola was written about ice cream. Lolo? Lola. Oh, Lola? Not like Lola. La 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 Lola. It was not the Kink song, no, but it had the same name as the Kink song. It was just about a brand of ice cream that is called Lola. That's so Canadian. Right? Right? Like to take a song, like there's already the Kink song, Lola. Yeah. But they're like, we're going to have a Lola too, but this is just about ice cream. But this one's going to be about ice cream. (laughs) Guys, guys, guys. Guys, I got this great idea. So we're going to write this metal song, okay? Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be called, wait for it. Yeah. Lola. Oh, like the kink song? No, 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 no. Because oh. this one is going to be about, wait for it. Yeah. Ice cream. Oh, that's, yeah. that's an idea. High five. Oh, high, okay, five okay, high five. High five. High five. I, all right. Sure. We're doing we're it. We're doing it. <laughs> Can only go up from here. I mean, Got I like nowhere ice cream. else to go. Everyone loves ice cream, <laughs> except for them lactose intolerance. <laughs> intolerance. <laughs> they soon abandon all innocence for more extreme topics. The song "Thumb Hang," for instance. What? Like thumb, <laughs> thumb, hang. <laughs> okay. Uh, but thumb hang. Was their official first song. Oh, okay. And that was about the Spanish Inquisition. What? Yes. Because hanging people by their thumbs was a form of torture. Oh, you right, though. Oh, oh, that's I mean, dark. But also, like, you name it Thumb Hang, I'm going to kind of laugh. No, I definitely laughed, but then you told me what that's about. I'm like, oh, never mind. Yeah. Sorry. But it featured a chorus that basically goes, Thumb Hang. <laughs> thumb, thumb hang, hang. <laughs> I love it 
Oh my god, I'm so endeared to this band already. And do you remember the scene um in Spinal Tap when Nigel and what's the other one? Um um fuck. Why can't I remember his name? What's his but face? The two guys from Spinal Tap were sitting in like a diner. Yeah, the diner. And they were talking about their first song yeah. and they started singing it. That scene is basically in the documentary <laughs> of Anvil. <laughs> of Anvil, oh but they're in a God. Jewish delicatessen and they're talking about thumbhang and they're singing it. It's so cute. Thumbhang. Yep. Oh my God. It's they're adorable. They're just it. adorable I dudes. Love it. You wanna know why? Because they're Canadian. Because they're Canadian. God, I love Canadians. For five years, the band wrote songs and developed their sound, eventually revealing this sped-up version of metal that was truly pioneering at the time. Apparently, their bassist, Marty Hoffman, didn't like it much because he dumped the band after their first show in 1978, becoming the band's first bass casualty. Oh, no. He was replaced by Ian Dixon, and they also recruited Dave squirrely allison on guitar what are these nicknames i don't know lips and squirrely squirrely lips (laughs) glad we both went there at this point they were ready to become a huge success and the world was ready for them they released their first album called hard and heavy on may 25th 1981 and boy was it sure was (laughs) it was released independently but still caught the attention of attic records You've probably never heard of Attic Records, Mm -mm. but they were the reason why so many Canadians were able to enjoy the music of Weird Al Yankovic and Creed. Oh, oh, oh. oh. They were like a distribution label for American artists, and um, yeah, Creed. So thanks, Attic. With arms wide open. Sure, maybe with their buttholes wide open, too. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Attic re-released Hard and Heavy. At this point, the band was actually called Lips. Mm. So this is kind of a chicken or the egg question. Did Lips the person come first or did Lips the band come first? I think Lips the person came first. Always does. (laughs) (laughs) Come on it. (laughs) Come on it. Um, But they changed it to Anvil when they were signed. They continued making albums, touring, and increasing their exposure and fan base over the next couple of years. They became known as much for Rob's insane drum solos as they did their debaucherous stage antics. Ooh! As guitarist Dave Allison and bassist Ian Dixon headbanged in unison, lips wearing full bondage gear and hair flowing like the wind, would play his guitar with a vibrator. Scandalous. Oh, he's like um, Rob Halford, but like straight and not as <laughs> like nuanced about it. <laughs> yeah, he's like I'm going to wear all the leather and chains, but I don't have sex with men and I and it shows. Yeah. And because I'm not that, nu- to prove that I'm going to use a pink vibrator on my guitar. How's that for not gay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty not gay. Good job, Lips. Also, your name is Lips. <laughs> also, you Lips, though. <laughs> also, let's talk about them Lips. D- does he have really big lips? He just has a really big mouth. Okay. He has a very memorable mouth, too, because he has, like, weird front teeth. 
Uh, like one tooth kind of overlaps the other and is also pushed up a little bit. Again, I feel so, seen. <laughs> it kind of looks like he has like a cleft palate, but he doesn't. Just one tooth is up farther than the other. And he just has a very big mouth. Does he know he can get Invisalign? I'm sure he doesn't want to because that's what he's known for. Oh, also his too, it might fuck with his voice. Lips. His name's Lips. He's he not going to get his lips. mouth fucked with. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You shouldn't fuck with his mouth if he's a singer. Also, I'm not entirely sure he even had dental for most of his career, so all right, leave all right. the man alone. All right, I'm sorry. You know what? If he likes his mouth, that's great. Let him keep it. Keep your mouth. <laughs> Just keep your mouth. <laughs> keep your mouth. But you know, Arena Mattel, uh-huh. she totally got some work done on her teeth. <laughs> and her tits. No. Good, good for her, but though. But good for her. She wanted that. That's what she, she wanted. She got them reduced. Oh, there you go. They were too big. More power to you, lady. Good job, Mattel. <laughs> lady Mattel. <laughs> she had a weird stint in the 80s. Yeah. She was once married to a a, a duke, so, you know. I thought you were going to say a Dutchman. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> it's like, like a Dutchman. Nope. It's like, wait. A flying Dutchman. It's like, Baron. Nope. Count. Nope. Duke. Dukus? <laughs> no, Duke. <laughs> Duke. Duke Nukem. <laughs> Got it. Duke Nukem and Lady Mattel. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best either. Okay. Oh my God. This is a great video game crossover because it can be a music game, but it's also Duke Nukem. <laughs> I don't, I'm not even sure I know what Duke Nukem is. It's a video game. Okay. But That's it's ridiculous. That's all I need to know. That's all you need to know. So is, can this be a choose your own adventure video game but also a rhythm game because lady Mattel is the singer oh okay okay so, so duke nukem's like, gonna run around and shoot things so lady Mattel can get to her concert so this but he has is to like, shoot in rhythm oh wait this is a first person shooter yeah but also guitar hero yes wow it works all right we're gonna have to develop the storyline as it as our story progresses. Oh, we'll get there. Well, maybe we can have a special guest uh, spot with with Lemmy because he's oh. coming up. Oh, so they re- they release Metal on Metal in 1982 and Forged in Fire in 1983. Which Forged in Fire? Yeah, Chef's Kiss. Very- I mean, they're all great, but like I loved Forged in Fire. Yeah, very good. Both of which continue to be lauded as two of the best metal albums ever made. Truth. I am definitely not arguing with anybody on that. No. Metal on Metal, in particular, is cited as a huge inspiration to bands like Metallica, Anthrax, and Motorhead. Mm. And Lemmy even asked Lips to be Motorhead's new guitarist in their Ace of Spades heyday. (gasps) My gourd. Yeah. And he turned him down. He's like, no, I'm kind of in the middle of writing and recording a new album, so can't really do that. And Lemmy was actually really disappointed. And he's, they even have Lemmy in the documentary, like, singing um, their praises. Oh. He loved them. But you know what, though? Good for lips. Loyalty. Yeah. Ultimately, Lips decided to stick with his own band, but the fact that Lemmy even asked for him to be in Motorhead told him that they were in store for great things. And Mm. Lemmy continued to be a huge Anvil fan and supporter all the way up to his death in 2015. Oh. Some would say Lips would live to regret not running off with Lemmy, because here is where things start going quite wrong for Anvil. 
I'm not ready for this part. It's it's like too too soon in the story. Already. They only released like what three albums? Yeah, they're just anyway. little fledglings. They're just babies with big hair. Big haired babies, <laughs> and one's a pair of lips. <laughs> <laughs> lips with big curly frizzy hair oh <laughs> lips grew his mane out it's beautiful it's finally a man in 1983 the band met with david krebs and paul o'neill a management duo mostly known for managing aerosmith which oh. you hear aerosmith you gotta be like um questions mm, questionable maybe by all means. But also, like, really popular. It's still very popular at this point. This was their early 80s heyday. I'm not sure if, um, not, when did Permanent Vacation come out? That I That was when know. I was quite little, so maybe late 80s? Ladies. All right. So this was before their, like, rock bottom. So, okay. Yeah, they were still, they were still doing. They're still a thing. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I don't know my... <laughs> Aerosmith. Aerosmith history down to a T yet. I'm but. not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, by all means, signing them on as Anvil's manager sounded like a great idea, so they hired them to do just that. The first year that Anvil worked with David and Paul, things seemed to be going well. They were poised to be the newest recruits of the Monsters of Rock era, playing shows with bands like White Snake, Van Halen, Bon Jovi, Scorpions, and Metallica. Yeah. They had a sound that was more than thrash or speed metal. Even Lars Ulrich from Metallica and Scott Ian from Anthrax recognized way back then that they needed to step up their game if they were going to match what Anvil had going on. Yeah. But they quickly realized that their management team wasn't living up to their promises. David and Paul had successfully negotiated with Attic to release Anvil from their record contract. But they never bothered to secure a new a new one with another label. Oh. The intention here was to release Anvil from their Canadian contract mm -hmm. so they can seek another contract with another U.S. company. Of course. But they didn't do that. Ew. If you're going to have a band released from their contract, you better have another one lined up. And they didn't. Ooh. Basically, Did they just not think about it? Well, basically, David knew nothing about metal and had no idea how to market Anvil. And he didn't think beyond the idea of Anvil being a great opener for Aerosmith shows. Oh. So when it came time to find them a new label, he had no idea how to shop them out. On top of that, Attic refused to release the rights to Anvil's first three albums, and David couldn't secure another record deal without including them. Oh, this is a fucking mess. This is some bullshit on both sides. Like, just you're going to have to release those albums because whoever they sign with next is going to want to re-release them. Of course. And that'll only help them, really, because they're great albums. Yeah, you can even negotiate some kind of contract where, where you release the rights, but you still get some kind of royalties. Because right. you did release those albums in the first place. Of course. You don't have to be a dick, like, completely. Hey, how about cool it on the dick moves? Like, you can just be, like, a dick instead of a dick sandwich. Yeah, just be, like, a little dick gherkin. <laughs> a little gherk dick? A little gherk dick. So here's Anvil, working their asses off, mm -hmm. thinking their managers are handling some amazing new record contract mm -hmm. for them, when really they aren't doing a damn thing. Cool. 
David even stopped returning their phone calls. Oh. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Cool, Dave. For four years, the band languished under their shitty management contract, which is precious time lost in an era when people forgot about you if you didn't release an album once a year. Yep, those were the days. David finally released them from their management contract in mid-1986. The band could now freely search for their own record label, and wouldn't you know it, they found one. Oh, good. It's just that easy. <laughs> Turns out if they were just like, we're just going to do the work because you, yeah. you clearly can't. Turns out if you do your job, you get a record contract. Weird. <laughs> how, how that work? Magnets, how do they work? Seriously. They signed with Metal Blade Records, an American company that would hopefully break them into the American metal market that was now flush with bands like Metallica and Megadeth. Right, so they should fit in perfectly. You would think. But at this point, it was too little too late. While Anvil was fighting to get out of their management pickle, most metal fans forgot about them, and no amount of dildo string picking could make the public remember Anvil. Oh, come on! He's playing guitar with a dildo! Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? I would have been. Jesus, what does a man have to do with the sex toy to get you to... Oh, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) But they didn't quit. They released their fourth album, Strength of Steel, on May 21st, 1987, and it actually broke into the Billboard Top 200 album chart in the U.S. Ooh. Just squeaking in at number 191. I was like... Was it 198? (laughs) (laughs) But they did better than that. They did better than that. Look at that. Fun fact two songs on this album were featured in the horror movie Sleepaway Camp 2 Unhappy Campers. I actually never saw the second one. I've only seen the first. I've only seen the first one. Because the first one is really what you need to see. Yeah. And it was filmed like near ish to us. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. But I kind of want to see the second one now. Yeah. Any any horror movie that has Anvil in the soundtrack, I want to see it. It's got to be good. And I mean, I'm sure it's just pure 80s wonderful slashing oh, cheese. I'm sure it's terrible. Oh, I can't wait. But this would end up being the extent of their breakout into the U.S. market. Oh, that's not great. <laughs> not great. <laughs> that's not really something to write home about. Anvil would spend the next 20-ish years in relative obscurity. One exception here would be in 1989 when they went on The Shirley Show, a Canadian daytime talk show that reveled in salacious gossip and ridiculous stories. Think Sally Jesse Raphael or The Jenny Jones Show. Yeah. Remember Jenny Jones? Oh, I remember Jenny Jones. On this particular episode, Shirley had Anvil on to talk about how sexist and disgusting metal is. Oh, cool. (laughs) And she even read the lyrics to Anvil's song, Toe Jam, on air. I don't think I actually listened deeply to the lyrics of Toe Jam. I mean, they're they're Canadian raunch, if you can imagine So they're like... Hey, don't you know we we saw a woman? She got hey. some. She's got some cans under that big heavy sweater there. <laughs> hey, don't you know? That's basically what. It's... Hey, I see you now. Hey, you got hey. some uh, nice fishnets there. Uh, mind if I look up your skirt? <laughs> hey, oh, I'm real sorry, but uh, I was just hoping that uh, maybe I could stare at your cans under that sweater there. <laughs> All right, I'll take off. I am a hoser, aren't I? 
Sorry. 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 So sorry. Real sorry. Real sorry. <laughs> That's okay. So that was that was the extent of the song. Yeah, but according to Shirley, she was quite upset about these. You know, lyrics. Shirley even sounds like a Canadian ripoff of Sally. She is such. Shirley is like Canadian version of Karen. Oh no, she is such a Shirley. So a Canadian Karen is actually just a Shirley. Yeah, I would say so. Woof. Yeah, and she looked like Jenny Jones. So she had like the blonde helmet hair. Oh my god. And like the shoulder padded like red suit. Look, all the women had the shoulder padded oh, red yeah. suit. That yeah, was yeah, just yeah. what that was our what our uniform in this the 80s. This is 1989 and that is what you wore in 1989. Hi, welcome to 1989. Here is your um obligatory <laughs> red heavily shoulder padded Lady suit. Your complimentary case of Aquanet. <laughs> yes, and you you are expected to use the entire yes. can and all Thank of the you. spam you can handle. There you go. You go off now. Have fun. Yeah. Welcome to nineteen eighty nine. Duran Duran is so hot right now. <laughs> uh, neon lightning bolts on everything. But yeah, seeing this nice white lady on the TV reading smutty <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> It was like the precursor to Ben Shapiro reading the WAP lyrics. Oh my god! It was the '80s version of that. Yes, oh, it, the fuck. '80s Canadian version I of Ben Shapiro reading WAP. That's the best thing I've ever fucking heard. We'll have to find it online. We'll have to find that clip so you can watch it. When oh, we're it's, done. yeah, I need it's to great. see that. But the guys were tenacious. They never stopped performing, and through their live shows, they gained a steadfastly dedicated fan base that never abandoned them. That's how you do it. Yeah, they were just regular Joes at this point. They continued to be popular overseas, particularly in Germany, because of course Germany. See, I thought you were going to say Japan. They were really popular in Japan, too. Of course they were. Um, But I think it was Germany that had like really high record sales hmm. and that's how they bankrolled their new albums oh. and they were able to put out one every two to three years through the mid aughts because they were still so popular in germany thanks germany right like germans now know what's up <laughs> every once in a while they figure out what's up and they stick with it i would say now they know what's up <laughs> in uh modern times let's yes. not talk about anything you know uh, later uh 20th century let's just leave them alone for the 20th century yeah well, we'll, we'll start with the 21st century with germany yep we can do that yeah that's legit that's good in the meantime, both Lips and Rob became regular Joes. They ran through shit day jobs, getting by whichever way they could. They built families and bought houses in their childhood Toronto neighborhood. Aww. And they didn't fall into the same traps that bands like Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue did. They didn't develop... Nobody did heroin. They did not develop heroin addictions or drinking problems. I think like the extent of it is that like Rob smokes pot. That's fine. That's totally fine. That's fine. That's more than fine. Yeah. Instead, they worried about getting their kids to school and making their mortgage payments and hoping at least 100 people show up to their next gig. Stop. That's really adorable. Yeah. I told you they were adorable. These guys are adorable. They still worked their asses off to get noticed, truly believing that their big break was just around the corner. It wasn't. Oh. While Metallica was off making millions off the music Anvil pioneered, 
the guys from Anvil were reconnecting with an old friend who had helped pull them out of their ruts. Yeah. 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 I said, yeah. (laughs) In November 2005, shooting for a documentary about the band had begun. The director was Sacha Gervaisi, best known as the Hollywood screenwriter who penned the Tom Hanks movie The Terminal. Oh. I mean, I never saw that, but I know the movie. It's just so random. All right. Good for him. Sure. But before he was a screenwriter, before before I was Elmer Fudd, (laughs) before he was a screenwriter, he was a roadie for Anvil. He met Lips and Rob when he was only 15, then worked their world tours. Oh my my God, God, why am I Elmer Fudding all over this paragraph? Elmer Fudding all (laughs) over the place. What the Fudd? Then he worked their world tours in 1982, 84, and 85, and they affectionately nicknamed him Teabag. Let your mind run wild. I mean, I just, I'm assuming. It's actually just because he's English. (laughs) Which is disappointing. Is it though? But also... This is how innocent and adorable they are. Like, they don't even probably realize that, like, teabagging means plopping your dick and balls on somebody's head. They're not thinking about that. Just taking them balls and teabagging them on his head. Stamping them all over that head. mushroom stamp on that forehead. Flop, flop, flop. Floppity flop, flop. (laughs) Anvil! Exclamation point! The story of Anvil premiered at the Sundance Film Festival in January 2008 and people went wild for it. Oh. The documentary follows the band as they go on their first European tour in years. This is Spinal Tap. It is. The tour, a tour that was organized by their guitarist Ivan Hurd's European girlfriend, Tiziana Aragoni. Oh, does she know Ariana Metal? <laughs> Arena Metal? Arena Metal. Arena Metal? I can't even fucking remember her name half her the name time. Her name keeps changing. <laughs> <laughs> she is whoever we say she is she is because yeah. she's not real <laughs> i hate to break everyone's hearts towards sorry. the end of this episode but she's not real arena mattel is not real sorry or is she because mm, you got her name right that time so she could okay. be real if you say it three times correctly she's real <laughs> and she will do a concert for you in the mirror <laughs> me me and then Duke Nukem and then, shows up and shoots you in the face. And then you can do light as a feather, stiff as a board, and she lifts you up on one finger and, like, carries you out of the house. <laughs> and you're like, where am I going? She's like, shh. And then who knows? Who knows? We'll never see you again, though. And then you float out to the sea and nobody ever sees you again. This is the legend of Arena Mattel. <laughs> Legendary rock star. <laughs> I love her legend. She's so great. She is pretty great. She's my favorite. (laughs) Anyway, back to this tour. Yes. What follows starts off promising. A Swedish rock festival at the beginning of the tour was a success, and they reconnected with a lot of famous rock musicians. They arguably should have been playing alongside this entire time. Yep. And things quickly go downhill, though. And it becomes obvious that this tour was not very well planned out. 
packed festivals turned into sparsely attended basement shows in former Soviet cities. Wait, what? Culminating in a Transylvanian festival that promises 10,000 people and delivers only 174. What ha- happened? Just bad planning. Really? Was it his girlfriend? I mean, she tried. And trying counts. And trying certainly counts. But she just clearly didn't know what she was doing. Right. I mean, I can't imagine that planning that shit is easy. Right. So she have never done it before. And like, there's a scene in the in the documentary where Lips is like, her heart was in the right place. It just didn't work out the way she thought it would. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. She really had the passion to do this, but like, she didn't even buy train tickets ahead of time. So they were supposed to catch a train to a gig and she didn't buy the tickets. And by the time she got there, the train was sold out. <gasps> so they missed their train. So, so what they the missed fuck? the gig. I don't know if they missed the gig. They didn't say what happened with the gig, but it was just like illustrating how she wasn't really prepared on, for this. She wasn't prepared at all. Oh, wow. I, I mean, she didn't... Um, do the festivals she didn't promote the festivals or anything she just booked them oh so i'm sure she had no idea if they were going to actually be popular or not oh so yeah wow yeah you're right like heart in the right place but not actually knowing what you're doing right it's hard yeah but interestingly enough she ended up marrying ivan even after that tour. Hey, you know what? That's love, bitch. <laughs> That's love. You can fuck up somebody's tour and they'll still marry you. That's love, bitch. Cool. All right. But I mean, they were just happy that they got the opportunity to go to these right. places. Right. Because otherwise they really wouldn't have had a chance to go to Romania. Yo, Europe's fucking cool. It At least is. they got to go. And even if it's 107 people, they got to fucking play in front of people right. in another country. That's cool. And they got to talk to some fans. Yeah. And I mean... That's that's pretty fucking awesome. Like, I'd like to think as people who have traveled, we can agree, like, even if you're just traveling and you're not, like, doing anything super amazing, you're just doing these little gigs, it's like, well, that's yeah. pretty, still pretty fucking awesome to be able to go out and be like, yo, I met, like, 100, 200 people and they're into us and, like, they don't even speak my fucking language. Yeah. That's fucking cool. Maybe you've made a couple connections or something yeah. overseas. Yeah. I don't know. It, the only thing I worry about, because it's me, is like I took all of this time off of my job and possibly put that in jeopardy to go on this tour and like a hundred people showed up at a festival. Like that kind of sucks. Also, like, come on, you're at a festival. Just go listen to Anvil. Their music's great. Go fuck yourselves. But also, it's fucking Transylvania. It's Romania. Like, they're not going I'm to have 10,000 people. All I am picturing is the cast from What We Do, in the, what shadows, we do in the Shadows. The TV, actually, both the TV show and the, the movie. Yeah, it's just They're all there. just there. It's all just vampires. They're hanging out and they're like, this is good. Could be better. You know what this venue needs? Creepy what? paper. <laughs> Disheartened, the boys go back home. They're resolved to continue, never even wavering. Their old friend Chris Sangarides, who produced their album Metal on Metal, called Lips and offered to produce their next album. Problem is, they didn't have any money. Oh. 
thankfully wait what about germany <laughs> i i don't think germany is pulling through this time they probably spent all their german money on the tour on the german tour <laughs> on the the former the ussr city tour oh sure. yeah yeah thankfully lips's older sister Rhonda, the business owner came to the rescue and put up the $12,000 they needed to release their 13th album, Shit. This Is 13. Rhonda, thank you. Rhonda did help. Help me, Rhonda. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. Just don't you fucking ask me more, more than once. Stop singing that fucking song. Lips and Rob try unsuccessfully to shop the album to record companies desperately trying to get some kind of distributing deal. No one bites, so they decide to release the album independently, just like they did in the very beginning. Yeah. And this eventually led to a show offer in Japan. Yeah, Japan. Japan f- pulls through. And it went pretty well. They pull through. They never pull out. Uh-huh. <laughs> they, it went pretty well, which is an indication of their future. The documentary definitely pulled the, the heartstrings. Not only did we hear about Lips and Rob's struggles keeping the band alive, but we see them go through the drudgery of their day jobs. And one time, Lips is working at a children's school lunch service, and Rob was working in demolition. So wait, is that why it's janitor adjacent? Yes. Okay, I totally thought he was a janitor <laughs> at a school. No. He was a lunch guy at a school. Lunch guy, kind of, but like he didn't like serve like shitty Elio's pizza to kids. Oh, but he the just... kids love the shitty Elio's pizza. <laughs> that was like the best day of the month seriously pizza shitty pizza day was the best day of the the month i never ate it but i heard things i don't know nacho day was pretty sweet for us it was just shitty nacho cheese taco tuesday with some questionable ground meat and some nacho cheese yes if that's the best lunch wow we're getting cancer (laughs) woof guys (laughs) oh man So he was a lunch man. He was a lunch man. <laughs> As opposed to a dinner man or a breakfast man. <laughs> he was man. all about he the He was lunch. a lunch man. So Lips the lunch man. Lunch man Lips. Billy Boo. Oh, and for some reason I'm just picturing him as in like a trashy romance novel. He was a lunch man and his name was Lips. Oh my God. <laughs> She was a, she was the superintendent. Their love could never be. All I'm picturing is Shirley and a giant <laughs> pair of lips with huge curly hair flowing in the wind. No, no, like in huge, a romantic embrace. That on the huge cover curly of hair life. has been has been been kept by a hairnet. <laughs> so lips there's with that. a hairnet. Lips with a hairnet. In a loving embrace with sunset and clouds behind. There you go. And overlooking an ocean on a seaside cliff. Beautiful. This is gorgeous. Yeah. This has turned into the best video game I have ever heard in my life. That's not even a video game. This is a romance novel. No, but this has to be part of a video game. Romance detention. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Where am I? We hear from Meadows' greatest musicians singing the band's praises, and we even hear their family members express doubts about Anvil's future. It's meant to show that they're more than just aging rockers. They're not just chasing a pipe dream. They truly believe their product is gold, and they just need someone to give them a real chance. Yeah. The movie itself ended up being that chance. 
It threw Anvil back into the spotlight, and 2009 became the year of Anvil. Oh, I don't remember that. But good for them. (laughs) They made television appearances. They released a book. And VH1 Classic Records re-released This Is 13 and even included Thumbhang on it. Where does it go again? Thumbhang. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I just, I couldn't quite yeah, remember the tune to Thumbhang. Arena <laughs> Mattel sings it so much better than I she do. She really, she does a great cover of that song. She does. <laughs> Since then, Anvil has been steadily has been a steadily lucrative band. Lips no longer has to deliver shepherd's pie and meatloaf to shitty elementary school children. They might not all be shitty. They're mostly shitty. They're yeah, like right. 98% shitty. <laughs> Instead, they've kept the consistent tour record tour record schedule, releasing a new album every couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, so they don't have to work shitty day jobs anymore. Oh, good for them. They made it. Which Honestly, is making it. That's making it. Yeah. Yo, if you can quit your day job, you made it. Exactly. That doesn't mean they could hold down a bassist, though. In mid-1993, original bassist Ian Dixon had left and three years later was replaced by Glenn Giorfi. Yeah. I don't know. There's so good. There's a lot of Ys and Fs in that name. I don't know. Jisk? <laughs> he stayed with Anvil through January 2012, and from the sounds of it, it wasn't an amicable split. Oh, no. Glenn released a statement about his departure, saying he's super glad to not be, quote, working with self-righteous, narcissistic, sociopathic, stiff, boring, grumpy old men who kill the fun and enjoyment out of living the dream. Is, like, did he just want to do heroin and they were like, can you not? I don't know. I think, like, Lips and Rob bicker. Like, they, like old ladies. They always get into fights, and, like, Lips will end up screaming at Rob, and Rob's just like, can you shut up? Oh. <laughs> and Lips will, Bro. like, blow his top and then walk away and then come back later and be like, I'm really sorry, but you're an asshole. And then Rob will be like, no, you're an asshole, and then they'll get into a fight again. But, like, they fight like siblings. When, when was Rob born? Uh, I think he was born in 56 also. No, I mean, do you know Do you know what month? I don't remember. Did I not say? You didn't, but that's okay. I'm just curious if they were polar opposites on the Zodiac table. I feel like he's I a looked, Virgo. Yeah, I feel like I looked that up and promptly did not write it in my notes. Meh. I don't remember. We'll look it up later. But yeah, he's definitely the, like, you know. Straight man? Straight man, quiet type. And then, like... You got Lips, who's just super emotional. Yeah. Super well, Pisces. No. He holds it in. He holds it in. And he holds it in. And then one day, he just loses it. Because that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that we have healthy behaviors. Right. But I am saying I know what our behaviors are. And so we're stationed up. We'll station up. We'll station up. Oh, I'm done. I can't. Oh, my God. I'm going to say the meanest fucking thing I can do. I'm really sorry. I am a I terrible don't person. I know how to control my emotions. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm a Pisces. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, Lips does not know how to control his emotions at all. Sorry. But I mean, they've been friends for 40 years. They're still friends. This is what they do. Yeah. And at this point, Anvil is definitely the Lips and Rob show. Yeah. it's They're the two main guys. They're the two main songwriters. And if you don't like that you're not involved with that shit... 
or you can't deal with being as involved as you are, then you're not going to want to be around. Right. And you know what? That's fine. Like if your goal is to have your own thing, then you should do it. But if right. you're but if you're fine with like, hey, I'm just happy to be here. If you're right. good, if you're good as ringoing it, yeah. then fucking ringo it, man. Yeah. And maybe one day you'll get your stuff on the refrigerator door. Yeah. And you know what? You're going to be so fucking happy about it. It's going to be a great day. It really is. Yeah. But yeah, Glenn also expressed anger at being made to feel expendable. Well, like, I mean, you're their fourth basis. <laughs> what do you expect? No, I think, no, at this point he was only their second bassist. But still, you want to be their last. <laughs> He was replaced with the most Looney Tunes gangster name ever, Sal Italiano. That's not a real name. It's, you're you're a Looney Tunes gangster. Is his full name Salvatore Gabagool Italiano? <laughs> you can only say it if you're flinging the chef fingers. Oh, I was. Oh, I was. <laughs> I broke my wrist doing it. He was then replaced by Chris Robertson, who has continued to be Anvil's bassist since 2014. Well, good for him. And the guys made it very clear when hiring Chris, he is expendable. There's no doubt that Lips and Rob are the bosses here, and anyone else in the band is their employee. And it seems to be working for everyone. Yeah. Honestly, like, if I was a good enough bassist to stroll on into their studio and be like, hey, can I be your bassist? And they're like, yeah, we're just going to tell you what to do. I'd be like, perfect yeah that is how i like live my jobs yeah just tell me what you need done i'll, I'll do it do it um, and i'll do a good job you know what don't you, make me make decisions though you tell me do things i did not run running yeah gonna yeah. do it and Every i will time. get it done very well yeah i'll do a good job yeah promise but this isn't just a story about an underdog that came out shiny and clean on the other end of the tail this is also a story of how cutthroat the music industry is and how nice guys, nice guys really can be taken advantage of. Yeah, and, and they will finish last. An argument can be made that Anvil should not have been so gullible. Like, they kind of got sucked into a lot of the, the promises that people make and have no intention of actually fulfilling. And nobody decided to, like, double check the fine print, right. basically. And there is a certain level of skepticism you have to have when entering a billion-dollar business like the music industry. Yeah. But, of course, it's also a story of how bands can persevere and become great on their own. Yeah, Anvil missed out on 20 years of massive success, but what would have been the cost? Would they have their families that they have now or their small but dedicated fan base? Would they have burned out early or developed drug and alcohol problems? heroin what what i'm sorry <laughs> according to lips and rob themselves they're glad they avoided all of that and their purpose was to fly under the radar and they're pleased as punch to have had the opportunity to do so oh that's lovely isn't it just adorable that's like that is a fucking like i wish people were more like that i wish the music industry was more like that yeah just you don't have to be a fucking gajillionaire. You don't have to be the most famous person in the world. You don't have to sell out arenas. Like, 
yo, I totally understand that sentiment where it's like you did your own shit on your own terms. Yeah. And you are still successful. And they didn't Maybe compromise Metallica, anything. But I wouldn't want to be Metallica. Because right. how much has Metallica compromised? They've compromised all of their dignity. They've compromised everything. Yes. Like, fight me. But I, as I've learned these past three years, they've compromised everything. Yeah. I think they've compromised all their values. Um, I would argue Anthrax and Slayer, not as much. Yeah, they still I think have they a still... lot more credibility than Metallica does, that's right. for sure. And Even then, Megadeth, I would say, has more credibility. But they all had heroin problems. Oh, they all had They all got the heroin problems. fucking heroin problems. So, like, definitely wouldn't want to be Metallica or Megadeth. Yeah, no. Anthrax or Slayer, I think, would be fine. They did their fair share of ridiculous shit right but they also i feel like still kept a lot of their dignity where the other two bands didn't yeah 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 but yeah so the point is though anvil shows that you can do things by your own standards and your own morals and at the end of the day yeah maybe you're not where like you quote unquote should have been but they're still yeah you're not puffs that they are where they are They have loyal fans. They love their families. They love what they're doing. Yeah. They they might not be where they should be, but we're, they're where they need to be. Right. And you don't have to be the most fucking rich or successful person in the world to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I think they're a great example of that. You should, everyone should look at them as the example of like, you don't have to be the boss. You don't have to be like the most well-paid business owner you don't have to be the biggest pop star or whatever the biggest a-list celebrity to be happy right just fucking do what you love and if you have moderate success great yeah and like a lot of people might criticize them because they're they do have a formula to their music Mm. it they have 18 studio albums pretty sure yeah they have a lot and i was impressed they can get quite repetitive Mm -hmm. but i read an interview with lips about and the interviewer asked him about that like why like a lot of your stuff there's not a whole lot of variation it's all definitely of the same genre of the same sound why are you guys so incredibly consistent from album to album and he's like well you know, we could go crazy and do all these crazy runs on guitars and insane solos and experiment with all of these different genres and whatever, but we know what works for us. Yeah. We know what our fans like, and we know what is going to make us happy. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do that. There's, you know, it's just wasting my time trying to make these complicated songs. Yeah. When I know that if I just simple it down a little bit, it's going to be great. Yeah. And I would say listening to them on Spotify, on Shuffle, like they would go through albums and times. There is variations. Like yeah. they don't, I don't think they sound the same in every album. No. So I'd also like lay off them on that. Yeah. But I mean, these are not the kind of guys who are going to have like a Beatles Maharishi phase. Yeah. You know, they're not going to do that. They're not those kind of guys. Just let them play rock and roll. That's what they want to play. Yeah. Let them play their speed yeah. metal. Speed metal. That's what we'll call it. We'll call it speed metal. Brilliant. I did it. (laughs) Now give me those pictures of Spider-Man. God damn it. (laughs) I want more pictures of (laughs) Spider-Man. Give them to me. 
And you know what? Give me some pictures of Anvil with those yeah. flowing locks. <laughs> Delightfully flowing locks. Delightfully. And you know what? Both of them wear fanny packs, like, all the time. Wait, the, they do? Yes, they wear fanny packs. All like, right. leather studded fanny packs. Here for it. I love it. Love it. They're my new favorite band. They're our favorites. Yep. If We're I good. could hang out with Anvil, I'd be pleased. I would be so happy to hang out with Anvil. Like, just talk to me about, I don't know, whatever. Tell me, where did you <laughs> be get like, this guys, fanny pack? Guys, we have a video game to pitch to you that we think you're going to love. Right. Have you heard of Duke Nukem? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Fantastic. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. That was a wonderful story of Anvil. That was exactly what I fucking needed. Yeah, this was actually, like, happy. This was, like, so lighthearted. Yeah. So just pleasingly just good times. I was here for it. Yeah. I was here for the whole fucking time. We hope you kids were, too. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. Hope it could, like, bring a little brightness into any dark bullshit you're dealing with right now. <laughs> yeah, the there's some dark fire. bullshit happening right now so you know what there's bands like anvil that make it better yeah yeah and i hope that they're doing well through this ridiculous pandemic same thinking about you anvil i'm thinking about you and your lovely canadian stories (laughs) we're sorry about america right now yeah we're all sorry real sorry about america and if you guys are digging this, uh, why don't you go head over to our website, www.rockcandypodcast.com. You can check out more episodes. A lot of them are grim and bleak, but some of them aren't. <laughs> some of them are kind of nice. Yeah, some are kind of... You know what? Last last episode was really fun. Now, now that's what I call music. That's oh, always yeah. fun. It's yeah. always a fun time. It's always a fun time. So go check out what else we got going on. And, uh, yeah, if you're into music podcasts, you should go check out our network. That's Pantheon Podcasts. And over there, you will find a plethora of different music podcasts, like, Mm. ranging from all over the GD place. So, go check them out. It's a good time. And also, you can give us your monies. Your hard-earned monies. If you want to go on over to our Patreon I don't know why I'm talking with a Canadian accent. Because we keep talking with Canadian (laughs) accents, eh? Yay. But yay, if you want to go give us some money. Um, We're real sorry if it's inconvenient. Yeah, you don't have to. There's a pandemic going on, don't you know? Oh, I know. (laughs) Don't you? But yeah, you can go to patreon.com slash rockcandypodcast. You can give us money and we will hopefully remember to give you stuff in return. Heck yeah. (laughs) Um, But also we should shout out. And speaking of which, yes, we have some shout outs to do. Yeah, we do. Because we have some new patrons. So shout outs to the lovely Amy. Yay, Amy. Thank you so much. All the way from New Zealand. Holy giving us, shit. Giving us some monies. Other side of the damn world. And also the ever lovely Lewis. Yeah, Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Lewis <laughs> giving Lewis. us money. Giving us those monies, those <laughs> schmeckles. And our dear friend slash fan, uh, Chuck. Yeah, Chuck. <laughs> you get all the air horns. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We really love you and appreciate you. Thank you to all our patrons. Yes, thank you so much. You don't have to give us money right now, but you are, and that's awesome. That is amazing. Because that totally. is extremely helpful. And, we're, you know... We're getting new mics. We're getting new mics. We're, we're treating ourselves to some hot, new, fun things. 
um, trying to make things better for you guys and better quality, you know, maybe we'll hit you guys up with like some episode ideas if you guys have anything, but only patrons. Only patrons. Only patrons. If you're a patron and you have an episode idea, we please. don't want your plebe ideas. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, sorry. no, I mean, we'll take. Sorry, sorry. we're real sorry. <laughs> that's not nice. Oh, don't you know that's not nice? We're real sorry. <laughs> no, honestly, uh, feel free to feel free to throw us some ideas. Although I think we're pretty good for like the next two months, but you know what? Hey, any spooky ideas for October? We'll oh, take yeah. them. We need some spoop stories. I got like two episodes down, but that's it. So yeah. we'll take more. Anything you guys, guys want to hear about. We did. We've done true crime. We've done ghost stories. We did cults. Yeah. Um, we always else? do our playlist. We do our playlist. I have some good ones this year, so mm. I'm excited. Mm, I love the playlist episode for Halloween. God, it's Halloween. Halloween is coming so close and I can't wait. <laughs> I'm so fucking excited <laughs> for Halloween This is the only thing to look forward to right now, so yeah. It's going to be all spoop all October. Yeah. And I'm fucking here for it. Yeah. Get fucking ready for it. Like, I'm going to just, like, run around naked outside all the time. <laughs> feel just the light of the moon. Sisters of the Moon by Fleetwood Mac. All Swing. night. <laughs> and we're going to be like, Maggie, you are in downtown Troy. <laughs> you can't you do this You cannot anymore. do this. <laughs> you didn't tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm Stevie Nicks. Leave me alone. Sisters of the Moon. <laughs> Wow. All right. And with that, let's let's close this shit up. All right. So until next time. All right. Sorry. I know we said we were going to stop doing biweekly, but we have one more biweekly. Yeah. One more biweekly week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll be back in two weeks with a two-parter. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm excited for this one. This it's going to be good. This has been an interesting research for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. But we'll be back. And we'll be consistent. And we'll have your shit for you guys. All right. So until then, party on, Ashley. Party on, Maggie. And party on, are you crazy kids out there? Bye. Burp, 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 burp. <laughs> Bye. Bye.